Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You were meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Well, welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. This is our maiden voyage, episode number one, where our work is awakening souls, intuition, and fulfilling purpose. So, Michael, would you like to say anything? How about hello? Hello, everyone. This is Michael Tamura, and please excuse my voice. Uh, I'm still getting it back, and I'll tell you a little bit about it later on, but um, you can just think of me as the horse Whisperer. (laughs) (laughs) H-O-A-R-S-E. Yes, and in spite of the whisper, Michael has much wisdom to share, as hopefully I do too. And so what I'd like to do is just read a little paragraph that Michael created for the beginning of this show, and then we will go into discussing everything. And I think you're in for a treat. We're living in intense, turbulent times. We're daily faced with local, national, and global problems that seem to have no traditional solutions. When we experience a personal problem, which we can't find a solution to, what do we often think? We need a miracle. Yes, we all need not only a miracle, but a whole truckload of miracles. In fact, we need to be able to live the miracle daily if only we knew how. And hopefully, in the weeks and months and years to come, we will be able to share some wisdom with you about this. So, Michael, I'd like to open the floor to you first about talk a little bit about how you see miracles and how they work and how a person can start to tune into um, being able to create those quantum leaps that we call miracles. Yes. The miracles, essentially living the miracle is like living outside the conventional box. And just like Raphael said in the intro, that we are living in difficult times, very challenging times for pretty much everyone. And so traditional solutions or there's no solutions to the problems we face on a daily basis. And so we have to create something. We have to use our imagination. And so what's a, what's a miracle? Well, I love the word miracle itself because I found out the etymology is the root of that word miracle comes from something that means makes you smile. Yeah? I love that. Yeah. And, and every time there's a miracle of any, any size or any shape, it's one thing that's for sure is it's going to make us joyful, happy, smile. And so miracles are always healing. That's how you can tell if something's a miracle to you because, ah, you've experienced some type of healing, personal healing, uh, physical healing, or emotional healing, or a global healing even, or healing in the relationship, healing in your work. Well, my whole life, I've always wondered why more people didn't choose to live the miracle. They chose more to live the way you're expected to live, do what you're supposed to do, and all that kind of stuff. But from the time I was a child, I loved to live 
something new. Imagine something different. And so one of the things, Raphael, for example, you had an experience when you were five years old, right? Yes. Of a recurring dream. Why don't you talk a little bit about yes. that? Yes. Um, I grew up in a traditional Midwest Catholic military family with nine kids. And so what happened was so unusual, even as a five-year-old, I knew better than to talk out loud about it. And that was, I had this dream that was so profound to this day, as an adult woman, I still remember it as if it happened yesterday. And basically, the dream was very rich with symbols and so forth, Um some which really I did not understand until many years later. But fortunately for my guidance and the, and the spirits that were helping me out at that time, I had a narrator standing behind me telling me what all the symbols in the dream meant. And basically I was told um, not to go in deep into what the dream was because it would take me probably half the show to, <laughs> to say the dream. But... I was told that I had some business to take care of with my family, uh, old business, which I later learned was called karma. <laughs> and then that um, I would be happier as I grew up and that I was going to grow up to be a spiritual teacher. Now, I had no idea at the time what that was going to look like. But it was such a profound dream, and it ended with a whole array of symbols that I later uh, learned had many different meanings, and I can talk about that in times to come, of course. Some of the symbols were actually Masonic in nature, so perhaps I had a past life and as a Mason. Some of them related to the spiritual teacher I was going to have that both Michael and I had in our earlier lives. And the cool thing about this dream was when I started to forget as a child, I would have the dream again and again and again (laughs) all through my childhood, all through my teenagehood. I suppose as a spiritual being before I was born, I I had asked, I don't want to forget this time. Yes. One of the things that I was told in the dream was you have lived before. And so I understood as a five-year-old reincarnation, and I did not even know it was not taught in the church that I grew up in uh, until I was 16. And somebody introduced me to the word reincarnation. It's like, oh, yeah, I know that's real. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And it it set you on course and kept you on course no matter what happened in your life. Yes. And we all go through these challenges. I have a funny story, too. Before I was born, um, my mom told me when I was in my 30s, I think, (laughs) and I've been teaching for uh, more than a dozen, 15 years. Um, She said, yes, oh, I just remembered when I was pregnant with you. uh, Of course, I, I was born in Japan, and she was living with her older sister in Sendai, you know, the place where the tsunami hit and everything a few years back. But uh, she was sitting outside on the veranda, and and this young college boy, man, uh, jumps over the fence with a deck of cards and says, Mrs. Tamara, I have to give your baby a card reading. And my mom said she didn't know what a card reading was or anything like that. So she said, okay. And the guy shuffles the cards and puts it out and says, ah, your baby is a boy. And at that time, of course, you don't know the sex of the child. 
And she says, he says, uh, it's a boy and he's healthy and strong, so there's nothing to worry about. And that's all my mother really wanted to hear. And he, she just said, oh, that was great. But then she said, what I remembered is after that, he said, and when he grows up, when your baby grows up, he's going to travel all over the world and he'll be a spiritual teacher and a healer and he'll heal and teach many, many people all over the world. Well, she didn't tell me that story until I was well into my uh, work of teaching and healing people all over the world. So it's it's all set up. And then, uh, you know, when Raphael said, what's the examples of miracles? Well, these are all examples of miracles because they make you smile, they give you certainty, and it gives you a glimpse of the workings of spirit, of wholeness, of limitlessness. And so my very first little miracle that I remember that's very uh, specific is I was jumping up on the, you know, those pull-up bars, chin-up bars that a next-door neighbor had just put up. And I was real excited. I was a chubby kid. So I jump up. And I feel this little squish under my right foot. And I'm hanging on this bar. And I look down and this two wiggling halves of an earthworm, a nice, juicy, fat earthworm. And I felt so bad. It's just like dropped from the bar and picked up the two pieces, put it in my hands, and just ran home thinking, I got to do something. I got to do something. This poor creature is in agony and I could almost feel the agony and um, so I'm running around the house looking for what can I do and the thought I get this is where the intuitive living is I get this knowing of oh yeah I see this image of the time I was in a doctor's office and there's several people with casts on their legs and arms oh, when they break a part of their body you put them in bandages and some kind of splint of a cast, keep it immobile for it to heal. So I'm thinking like that as a, like a five or six year old. And I'm looking for, how can I do that? I got to get bandages. Well, there's no bandages for earthworms. So I see a box of Kleenex and, and I make it little strips of Kleenex, but it's wriggling too much. So I can't hold it down enough. I need a splint. I'm rubbishing through the drawers. I find uh, a gift box, you know, one of those real narrow gift box for ballpoint pens. And somebody gave it to my dad, and he never even opened it. So I opened it, and I find that, oh, here we have a little splint. And I start to gently put the two halves of the, uh, two halves of the, um, uh, or earthworm in there and then roll up the uh, tissue paper and then I had to have tape so I get scotch tape and I tape it around well this took me a long time because the earthworm wouldn't stop wriggling and finally I got it in box it up put the lid on oh it's got to have air so I poke a bunch of holes in it and I put my hands on top of the box and I prayed well here's a kid who never grew up in churches Right, especially at that time, uh, my parents weren't church going. They they were nominally Buddhists, and 
And so it's not like going to church, especially in Japan. It's more of a living yeah. uh, a type of a lifestyle. Yeah, it's just be here now, living now kind of a thing. And so, but I knew how to pray. I, I prayed to God, maybe please heal this creature. And I knew I had to do this every day for three days. On the third day after I did my prayer, very short, and then I opened the box, and lo and behold, the earthworm was whole. So I took it back to the neighbors and let it go in the grass. Keeping in mind that um, his parents had no idea he was doing this. Yeah. So there was no, there was no intervention there. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't intervene in a lot of things. I remember in... Uh, kindergarten, my school teacher called my mom up one day and says, well, Mrs. Tamura, I, I felt I should tell you this. Your son, Michael, every time we sit down for story time, he sits right below my feet and he takes my shoes off while I'm reading the story and he polishes my shoes. And at the end of the story, when I finish, he puts the shoes back on my feet. And she said, I, I don't know what you think about that. And my mom said, oh, well, he does things like that. And, and she said, if you don't mind, I'd like to let him continue to do this. And my mom says, oh, sure, of course. Because, she says, when he puts the f- shoes back on my feet, I feel so much better. It gets my whole day. So learning about oneself as a healer can oftentimes be the opening for healing as for a miracle as well, and healing, of course. Yeah, but it's not all, uh, what do you call it, peaches and cream or better roses? No. <laughs> Raphael says, I never get my aphorisms straight. No, but, but we have fun with it. But anyway, um, during that same time period, I learned to how the blind massage therapists, massage healers in Japan, called ammas, both men and women, they come, my grandparents would ask me to go fetch them and bring them when they are visiting, and they give each of them uh, massage healings. And I sit next to each one for some part of the time and watch, and, and I learn to give massages like they did by imitation, and I even closed my eyes to pretend I was blind as I was doing that. And, of course, my grandparents said they felt so much better after the massage, but I would start to suffer with intense uh, burns on my on my hands, uh, blisters and things like that. So, um, it's this is all part of the learning process. Just because you're living the miracle doesn't mean that um, everything is, you know, really peachy, (laughs) like my voice. Well, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, uh, you know, you brought up the um, subject of the Yama healers, and I think it would be very interesting for people to hear a little bit about them because I had never heard of them by the time um, I heard this story from you, Michael. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were, during the World War II uh, some um, Japanese doctor said, okay, everybody's contributing to the war effort except for the disabled people. And he thought, but disabled people often have such superior abilities in certain areas. And he said, 
For example, the people who are blind, they can hear better than most people and their sense of touch is better than most people. And so he started a school to teach blind people how to play the uh, traditional Japanese flute and also to give massage healings. And it became a big thing. And they would, a couple, a man and a woman healer, would walk around the neighborhoods playing the wooden flutes so we can hear. It's like the good humor truck, you know? You hear the music and you know they're walking around near your neighborhood. That's when I get a few coins from my grandparents. They tell me to go fetch them. I think that's pretty amazing. Um even under the circumstances of, of the war that they were created in, do they still exist? I think so. It's it's still a tradition. And we're coming up of a, on a break soon, I, I understand. And, and before we're coming to the break, why don't we tell everybody to check out our Facebook page? And some of you are already on because, hey, hey we're on Facebook Live on uh, Michael, Tamura, Michael and Raphael Tamura. Living the Miracle Radio Show. That's our Facebook uh, for this show. And on there should be a live streaming of this radio show so you can see us in the background, what's going on behind the scenes. Yes. And uh, meanwhile, I just wanted to let you know our um, email address that we have if you want to write us a letter and tell us what you think of the show as well as... um, Make any suggestions? It is livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. And Michael? Yes. And so we love to hear from you. And you can send us questions. You can send us comments. And uh, we might not be able to answer it individually, but we'll take it into consideration for our show episodes and try to address those things on the show. And. So, sounds like it's time for the break. You're listening to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you always known that something different was possible for your life and in the world? What if you could create beyond your current reality? If your relationships, finances, business, health, and life could be anything, what would they be? Join Heather Nichols for an invitation to discover what is true for you in every area of your life and for conversations loaded with pragmatic tools for how to create it. Listen live every Monday at noon Pacific and 9 p.m. Central European time for Creating Beyond Reality on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Who are you, really? Are you the person you want to be, or are you the person that others want you to be? Think about that. We don't always recognize our gifts and potential because we stick to old methods of being and do what others in our lives tell us. It's time to break through. Listen for Rediscovering the Magic of Being with Marja. Each program connects you back to whom you were meant to be every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events 
to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. All right. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking about making miracles part of everyday life and living the miracle. And um, living the miracle is living as spirit rather than living as a body. So I thought that would be a good conversation, Michael, to talk about the spiritual versus the just living the body life. Yes. That's essentially why we have this program, Living the Miracle, and, and why Living the Miracle has been a theme for us on the teaching end of things for years now. Because when you look around in the world, so many people are living a body-centered intellectual life. And... Nothing wrong with that, but that's how it's been. The humanity as a whole has been developing over over millennia, is is as a uh, intellectual body based race. But this is a time when there's a lot of people talking about this is a time of awakening. This is a time of a quantum leap in in consciousness or a shift in consciousness for all of humanity, and. That major shift, that quantum leap, quantum leap is when you go from where you're going and all of a sudden, boom, you're at a different level. There's no in-betweens. And evolution up to this point has been this gradual process. And you can tell that humanity's become top-notch on an intellectual level, technological level, tremendous advances and everything. And in Look at athletics and and gymnastics and swimming. It's incredible. Almost what we'd have considered superhuman in in decades past. Absolutely. But we're peaking because humanity's here now to make this quantum shift to living a spirit-centered, intuitive life. And it's not until we're living a spirit-centered, intuitive life that we can start to live the miracle of a spirit life, to live here as an immortal soul incarnated in a physical body and 
the physical body is is like having a smartphone, right? <laughs> really, really good car. <laughs> it gets you around, and it's it's a tool for communication with one another. And without that communication, there's no healing. Without communication, there's no relationship. Without communication, there's no learning. And each and every one of us is here in this world. But as spirit, we're here. As souls, we're here to learn. And what we're here to learn is how to live the miracle, how to live here as the spirit that we are instead of ending up falling asleep and totally becoming a body. We're not this body. What's an example of totally becoming the body, Michael? Oh, I can't do this. Uh, I'm not strong enough. Well, when we say something like that, what are we looking at? Oh, my muscles? <laughs> I can't lift that object because I, I'm not you know, muscular enough. I can't uh, work that many hours because uh, I'm tired. It's all body stuff. Bodies have to sleep, has to eat, uh, has to rest. Otherwise, we get wiped out, burnt out. And also on a time level, bodies are living in this dimension we call time and space. And I have to get up and you know, as you get older, <laughs> it's it get creakier, yes. And so, <laughs> and so, so then uh, we go, okay, I used to be able to run faster. I used to be much uh, smarter. <laughs> I used to remember all kinds of stuff. I'm forgetting more now. That's all body stuff. How much does that limit your life? And it doesn't have to. Living the miracle means living as spirit, and spirit is limitless, eternal. Spirit is not limited in the bounds of time and space. And so this is what we're here for. Yes, so when when you're living as spirit, one of the things that you will find out is you're aware And awareness is the beginning of being able to live as spirit. And being aware is the beginning of being able to have miracles as well. Because you're starting to, quote, pay more attention in the body. But you're also able to to be aware of a lot more is going on around you than what your two eyes see. Exactly. So... You've heard of the third eye, <laughs> giving somebody the third eye. No. <laughs> oh, that's something else. Oh, that's something else. Okay. But yes, when you look at life, the world, everything, from just the perspective of your physical two eyes, well, what you see is the world. What you see is the body and bodies. And it seems like everybody is separate from everybody else, but When you start to look with, you know, before you can see clairvoyantly, see with the eye of spirit, see with the third eye, you have to recognize, oh, that's seeing in spirit, not as a body. You're seeing as spirit, which means you can close your eyes and look. And when you start to look at life with your eyes, your physical eyes, literally closed, 
you start to open up your spiritual eyes. And it takes a little while, a little practice, but this is part of what we teach everybody is to start to see clairvoyantly, to see spiritually. And what that means is look for the truth in life rather than what everything appears to be. Uh, you've heard mystics and sages and, and enlightened masters all talk about, they, they point to this world and they said, this is but a dream or this is all an illusion. And there's a, I have a favorite um, uh, Hindu prayer is, is one, uh, take us from, this, lead us from illusion to reality. Lead us from uh, darkness to the light. Lead us from death to immortality. And I have some personal experiences. <laughs> yes, indeed. Michael has had actually five dramatic, actually three of them were very dramatic, near-death experiences that maybe he could talk a little bit about one of those. Yeah. Well, the one that really, well, the first one was one that was very interesting and everything, but it was just so that I could make a decision whether to return here to the earth, to the body, and live this life and continue my spiritual growth and work here, or to stay with my guides and masters and and work as a spirit guide from, quote, the other side. There's really no such thing as other side, but that's what we think of when we die or come back after death. And when you die, you'll recognize there is no such thing as death. That's just the body. And that's part of living as, as spirit is recognizing, oh, as spirit, you never, ever die. There's no such thing. And when I, quote, died, as far as everybody else was concerned, for the third time, that was different That was the second time I died after I decided, okay, I'll stay here and continue my growth here, continue my work here, because all my guides in a council meeting on the so-called other side told me, oh, if you go back, you'll be able to benefit not only yourself but everyone else so much more than if you worked from this side with us. And I said, great, send me back. <laughs> Didn't know what I was asking for. <laughs> but uh, by the third time, it was very clear. It wasn't about, oh, a question of, am I going to stay here or is this this, this I'm going to leave? No. The third time I died was part of my, what would you might call, advanced training on the other side. And the experience I had was uh, hard to describe the very first part when I, I can only describe it from after I came back and after I start to have memory. For a few days, I had no memory of more than two or three minutes at a time. And I'd forget everything again. And that's because I wasn't here. I was mostly still in spirit and I just had a little finger or toe in my body and my you know, brain and everything else to be able to work here. And over the course of about five or six days, I came back enough to be able to retain memory from day to day and time, minute to minute kind of a thing. And so you have to kind of retrain yourself. It's like a 
not just the rebirth, but the third time was very much like raising the dead. Is What that means isn't about making a dead body back alive again, even though that did happen. It's really about waking up from the dream of death and waking up from the dream of living as a physical body, right? So that's what I uh, really experienced on the third time as it came back. And the only way I can talk about what did I experience when I left? Well, I don't remember one second of what happened on the physical. I'm working out uh, in the gym and I was at the peak of my fitness, health, everything at that point, energy. So I was going pretty hard. And next thing, my experience is being sucked out like a, on a, one of those hydraulic tubes, get sucked right out. And in an instant, there's no time, in an instant, I'm, it feels like I'm as far away from where I was as you can possibly get, yet I was also in the very, very center of everything. And yet there wasn't, in that space, there wasn't a me. There wasn't a Michael Tamura. There wasn't a body. There wasn't anything. There, was, there were no thoughts. There were no passage of time. There's nothing except it wasn't blackness people think of nothing. And this is where spiritual teachings have been difficult because people come up with, different teachers come up with concepts or words such as nothingness or the void. And from a human experience, that sounds like awful. It's, it's like, okay, absolutely nothing. But it's, it's not what you think. <laughs> In fact, there's no thoughts. And so what happens when there's no thoughts? And so when I return and reflect upon that experience, in my body as a human being, it felt like I must have been there, wherever this there is, for like about three days. And then after that, then I can describe it more because I went into training. I was, I was in this space, like in outer space. And again, it's kind of dark like outer space, except there's lights, like stars almost. And then all of a sudden, I'm being barraged with all these uh, horrible images, horrible images and scare, what would be normally scary stuff. And I knew what my instruction was. I had to be completely a body of glass, completely neutral to everything that was being coming towards me and let it pass right through as if it didn't exist at all. And as I did that more and more, I, I went through this several times. As I did that each time, huh, none of it, there's no fear of it. That's, that's just an imaginary thing that we make up in our mind. And very, very profound uh, <clears throat> experience and training. So I was told, okay, when I get back into my body and into the world, I had to practice this to the level where nothing can bother me. And, and that led to a whole, you know, several years of uh, all kinds of interesting experiences that we'll get to in a little while uh, yeah. in one of our episodes, I'm sure. 
Yes, it sounds like you were working on <clears throat> some basic fear, which is one of the things that holds people back a lot of times from having miracles is fear. Yes. And, um, you know, one of the things, I know I'm having Michael do a lot more talking right now. You'll hear plenty of uh, from me over time. Uh, but, Michael, can you briefly talk about why your voice sounds the way it is? <laughs> it all started with setting up uh, the preparation for this radio. Yes, and, and also what happened was um, uh, this little beeping starts, and Raphael's the one who finally discovered after about a day intermittent beeping, it's coming out of my chest because I have this device in my chest that I affectionately call paramedics in a box. And... Technically, medically, it's called an ICD, an implanted cardioverter uh, uh, device. And it's essentially a def- defibrillator. You know, like in ER shows you see on TV where the paramedic or the doctor has these paddles and they put it on the chest and of a dead person, <laughs> flatline person, and go clear, zap, and it starts the heart back on, hopefully. Well, this does it from the inside of my chest, and it's got this little wire that goes to the heart, and and uh, uh, that's supposed to have a lifetime guarantee, but it failed. And when it started to fail, it started to beep the computer that's in there. So, so that's what had to be replaced by surgery, and they intubated me during surgery, and when I came back, I was joyous, but no voice. Well, you have enough of a voice to get through, for, thankfully, and we thought that was a miracle. Yeah, and but the, the miracle was coming back, and just absolute joy. I'll tell you about that uh, at another time, because we're coming up for a break pretty soon. And um, But uh, when I found out I couldn't talk, I, I had no voice at all for a couple of weeks, and, and then for about a month... That sounded like uh, the Godfather on his deathbed. <laughs> and now I sound like this after almost three months. Yeah. But it's coming back, and you will get to hear his real voice in times to come. Well, you're listening to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael. Tomorrow it is now time for a break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Don't you just wish sometimes that life could come with a do-over button? We'd probably use it a lot more than we think. What if there was one do-over button you could use each week? Make that place the Voice America Empowerment Channel for Code to Grace, the empowered women's guide to life with host Marilyn Mosier. Marilyn and her guests will help you find the key to break free from the chains of your life and start anew. Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's time to live the life of inner peace that you deserve. Tune in every week for Sacred Exploration with host Lisa Tremont Oda. You can discover the you that has been kept hidden all this time. Show off your personal gifts to the world. Lisa and her guests will combine health and spirituality to bring you the experience that you've been waiting for. You'll enjoy this journey every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's sure to be a nourishing experience. 
Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. All right, welcome back to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. And this is the section I'd really like to focus on, making miracles part of your everyday life. Um, one of the things I know that we would like to do in the shows, including this one, is to teach at least one tool. But let's talk a little bit about making miracles part of our everyday life. Michael. Yeah. Well, you know, on one hand, there's no question most people would consider if I shook your hand and and all of a sudden, your cancer disappeared, you would go, wow, that was a major miracle. Uh, if if um, uh, you drop dead and then you come back from that, well, most people would consider that a miracle. If you uh, severely burnt your hand and, and it's just getting kind of crispy and everything, <laughs> and then you decide to do something, make a new decision, and boom, you see it completely reverse itself and then your skin becomes like baby new and even better than before. Well, most people who witness something like that would say, well, that's a miracle. And so these are things that most of us would consider miracles, but miracles are far more than that. I've lived each and every one of those little examples I I mentioned and hundreds and thousands more, but some of my favorite miracles, the miracles that really last for me for a long time are those that are more every day. And for example, uh, Raphael and I were sitting at this restaurant, oh, what, a few years ago, and we're having a nice lunch between us. And, and I look over and a few tables down at the end of the restaurant, there's this young mother and a little daughter having lunch also and um, uh, they looked really sad and they weren't talking too much they were just eating in kind of silence and so then I noticed I had a uh, our what do you call those tablecloths were paper you know that butcher paper kind of tablecloth some restaurants have especially a piece on top of the regular tablecloth and there's a few crayons for kids to entertain themselves. Well, <laughs> well Michael's a big kid, and he's also an excellent artist. <laughs> so I, I start to draw this cartoon drawing uh, for basically for this little girl. And then when I finished, um, I took it off 
under our, uh, after our plates were cleared and everything, took it off and walked up to the mother and the daughter and introduced myself and said, hey, um, this is something I drew for you. And the girl just beamed. She just got so bright. And I said, what's your name? I said to the mother, can I sign it for her? And she says, of course. And so I signed it to her name and, and I signed my name on it and everything and dated it and said, would you like this? And the girl said, she looks over at mama and yeah. And so I gave it to them and I, I walked back to our table. And when I looked back and when we were finished eating and ready to leave, the the mother and daughter were engaged in great conversation. And the daughter picked up the crayons and, and the mother picked up the crayons. They were coloring and making cartoons too. And that changes a person's life. Exactly. And um, this is the side of... Um bringing miracles into your life where you are actually the one making the miracle for someone. Yeah, and I've been very fortunate because a lot of these, you don't know what happens to the person afterwards because that was something fun that I wanted to do. But, you know, it's not something I deliberately said, oh, they need a healing and they need to be cheered up. No, I just, that's intuitively, this is what I did. But here's another example that's more profound even, where uh, when my book came, first book came out, I gave a, a book signing and a lecture. The, the book's name is You Are the Miracle. I mean, you are the answer. You're the miracle, too. Maybe that's a good yeah, name for your next, next book. book. But You Are the Answer, uh, Discovering and Fulfilling Your Soul's Purpose. And you can get it on Amazon and all those places. But... Uh, I was giving a talk uh, and doing book signings afterwards, and it it was jam-packed. It was a very popular uh, metaphysical bookstore in Los Angeles, and some of our friends and guests couldn't get in. Rafi had to run to the back and go around the block to bring him in through the back door because it was packed door-to-door and wall-to-wall. So anyway, after this thing was finished and everybody's gone except for Rafi and myself and the store person, uh, we were packing the leftover books and whatnot in boxes. It's about 11, a little after 11 that night. And the uh, uh, this young woman comes in and says, what's going on here? And the manager says, oh, we had this fabulous uh, book signing and a lecture. and uh, But that was you know done an hour ago. And we're just packing up. And the woman looked very rejected, dejected and downcast and says, oh, I'm sorry I missed it. She starts to walk out and I said, hey, but the author who spoke here is here and we still have some books left. Come on in. And she looks and she goes, You're, you were the speaker? I said, yeah, have a seat. We sp- And we just talked for about, what, five, six, eight minutes at the maximum. And... She goes, uh, she starts off, well, what did you talk about? I said, I talked about you. And she looked perplexed, and she said, what do you mean? And I told her about herself, a little bit about herself and, and where she was in life. And she was very, very attentive. And I said, would you like to have me sign you a book as a gift? And she said, yes. So I signed a book, gave it to her, and she said, thank you very much. She clutched her book to her chest, and she walked out. 
I didn't think anything of it. Um, just somebody to say hello to. And I went back to packing and getting ready to go home. Well, what was it? Four years? Three years. Three and a half years later, I was speaking at a hotel conference in Los Angeles and doing book signings afterwards. And as I'm going down the line signing books, while that same woman was holding a very tattered cover of her book, and she said, oh, Harry, you signed my book three over three years ago. I don't need you to sign it again. I just wanted to come and tell you what really happened that night. You saved my life. And I said, I laughed, and I said, oh, no, that, you know, that's nothing that big. I just spoke to you for five minutes. And she said, that's how you saved my life. She said, because I already have my, I had my suicide note in my pocket. And I was, if I didn't stop into that store that night for some strange reason and talk to you, I would have gone home and I was going to kill myself. Now, she says, look at me. I'm smiling. I'm laughing. I am living my dream life. I met my dream partner. We got married. I'm living in a dream house, and I have a dream career that I always wanted from my childhood, which I didn't think I'd ever be able to have. I'm a professional photographer. I just wanted to tell you that. That's the kind of story that not only giving the miracle on the side of the receiver, but the person who creates that with them. It's a kind of a co-creating situation. You know, that's a very dramatic example, and Michael has quite a few like that, and so do I, and so do all of you. It's just that sometimes you don't know. Um, Our friend Danian Brinkley tells a story of when he went through his near-death experiences, and he got to see the results of some of his actions, which some weren't so great, just like all of us, But one of them was where he opened the door for a lady going into a building. That is all he did. He says, I'm a southern gentleman, and that's what we do. Well, during his near-death experience, um, and he was looking at his life review, he found out the same thing. This woman was going to go kill herself. And as it turned out, just being said hello to by Danian made her change her mind. So yes. this is one of the incredible miracles that are available to all of us all the time, especially when we listen to our intuition. Hey, you know, maybe you need to open the door for that person. Exactly. It's the simplest things that, that create some of the most amazing miracles that most of the times you're not going to hear about. I just happen to be fortunate that the person made it a point to come all, you know, hunt me down and to be able to share what the rest of the story was that I had no clue. When I shook that person, man's hand who was going in for um, prostate cancer remover, removal surgery the next morning, and he just came up. He was waiting around for me at a wedding reception. And every time he started walking towards me to talk to me, somebody else cut in and said, oh, Michael, da, da, da. And by the time I was finished with that person, he was gone. And then he'd come back later. Same thing happened until the end of the day when most of the people were gone. And I saw him. So I walk up to him and I said, I know you've been wanting to talk to me. And I extended my hand to him and he grabs it. And when he shook my hand, something something happened. happened. And 
we both felt it. We both saw it. It was this incredible energy. And I thought, wow. And I said, I know you've been wanting to talk. I'm free now. Have a seat. And he said, no, my ride is waiting for me, so I have to go. And I already got what I wanted. And he left. Three days later, the uh, I was the officiating minister for the wedding for this woman. And she called me from her honeymoon in Hawaii and said, you created a miracle. I said, no, I didn't. What, what was that? She said, the man that wanted to shake your hands and just left after that, he's a family friend. He was dying from cancer, and he was going to have to get this latch-dis operation to get it removed just to prolong his life a little bit longer. And the next day, he was so certain that when he shook your hands, he was free of the cancer, that he made his doctors redo all the tests, and he proved to them that there was no cancer left. He says, that's a miracle. I said, yeah, that's a miracle. But I didn't do it. He did. And when that experience, the miracle for me was I got to experience what Jesus said many times to the people he healed. He said, no, faith, your faith has healed thee. And so we'll get to that in subsequent episodes. But the key of living the miracle is to start you off for today is you have to follow your heart because following your heart allows you to access the limitless spirit. You have to trust your intuition because trusting your intuition will access the limitless knowingness of spirit. And then you have to free up your imagination just like you were as a child and use your imagination a lot more because that accesses, helps you access the creativity of spirit. And, and then just start to decide you can see as the spirit you are as opposed to being a body. And from that moment you start to do that, you'll start to take your first step toward mir- living the miracle and have miracles be part of your everyday life. Just like when I was a child and and I was told I was going to be a spiritual teacher and I didn't have any idea how that would unfold. But unfold it did through visions, especially a vision of a place I would end up. And I ended up in that actual place because I knew it was going to happen and I paid attention. So following your heart and paying your attention are the two tools we want to leave you with today. And there will be many more in the times to come. And appreciate the miracles that come in your life. And if you want to see us soon in Los Angeles, we're going to be there to do a weekend seminar. See your way clearly and love the life you live. Psychic tools for loving your through life's challenges. And know yourself to live the life you love using your intuition and clairvoyance to realize your purpose. Check out our website at www.michaeltamura.com and the events calendar will show all that. Yes, and we most certainly hope that you join us again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Thank you for joining us. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura for Awakening Souls, Intuition, Fulfilling Purpose. Thank you so much for joining us today. We absolutely 
loved it <laughs> that you can be with us this morning. And let's make this a regular thing, Wednesday mornings. And those of you who don't get to catch the live stream of this radio show at 11 a.m. and uh, Pacific Time and uh, 2 p.m. Eastern Time or wherever you are in the world, uh, you can catch this rebroadcast 12 hours later at 11 p.m. Pacific Time and whatever it is in your time zone. As well as after that, for 24-7, you'll be able to access the archives on voiceamerica.com empowerment channel and just look up our names or look up Living the Miracle and you'll be able to access whatever episodes we have. Thank you for joining us Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.